good morning everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant. And I am Leslie. And we are here to get the service started for you this morning. If this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you have decided to join us today. Um, we would love to get to know you better and you can send us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca. Um, we'd love to get to know you. And you can comment online or um, there's somebody in the lobby wearing a lanyard and you can say hi to them as well. Yeah, and uh, for everybody who's joining in, one of the best ways for all of you to stay informed about uh, different things happening at the church here uh, from Sundays, between the Sundays too, mm -hmm. on like week to week things, uh, different activities, events, and some of our programs starting up, like our kids programs, youth programs, different Bible studies. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can also get a weekly email newsletter where we just summarize all of those things, send them out on Fridays, and you can sign up for that at cedarvalley.ca. It's at the bottom of each page there. I think there's a pop-up too. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Lots of ways to get connected. If you've been impacted by any of our online services, we would love it if you would share them. Um, we, our goal is to just impact more and more people and that starts with you guys. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we do want you to know about for uh, after this morning service, we are having a barbecue because we're celebrating our fall launch with a lunch. Yay! And we're doing a barbecue out in the courtyard. There's gonna be burgers, hot dogs, some chips, cookies, lots of good stuff. There's also activities for the kids. And so, you know, if you're joining us online, uh, but you're able to come down to the campus, come do that between 11.30 to about one o'clock, grab a burger, hang out for a little while, get to see some people too. I've uh, got some tents if the weather's not great, but it's gonna be a really fun time. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, another thing we're doing as a church is we're hosting our freedom, uh, a program called Freedom Sessions. This is gonna start October 5th. And Freedom Session is a really cool, life-changing, healing discipleship journey. Um, it uncovers the roots of pain in our lives and it invites Jesus into those areas to redeem them. Um, you can find out more about that all on our website. Yeah, and uh, you did that program a few years back, right? I did, yeah, yeah it was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a long commitment, yes. but amazing <laughs> results when you actually mm -hmm. put that kind of time and effort in investing in yourself and investing in having Jesus really heal parts of your life like that. Totally. Yeah. In short, it ultimately changed my life. It was really cool. I'd love yeah. to chat with you about it if you have questions. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, we are going to get the service started with a time of worship. Um, so you are able to join in however you would like. Um, the lyrics will be on the screen and yeah, however you feel comfortable, join us. Yeah, and after that, we have a special lesson just for the kids with Pastor Doug and uh, yeah, really fun time. And we also try to get some interactive materials out to the parents uh, just throughout the week. And uh, you can make sure you're getting those things just to help engage in faith conversations with your kids at home and kind of some of the stuff that we're going to be covering on Sunday mornings as well. And with the kids programs, you can email Pastor Doug, that's douglas at cedarvalley.ca just to make sure you're getting those. Yep. And then Pastor Rob is gonna take us through, he's actually gonna start our mini series on mental health this morning. Um, and so we're excited about that. We're spending the month talking about mental health and amidst being in a global pandemic with countless divisive issues in our lives daily, we're gonna take a look at how the gospel can kind of speak into that. Yeah, uh, before we get into all of that, uh, if you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, uh, we've got a bit of a question for you, just an icebreaker to get the service going. You can comment on the feeds and just chat with each other, whoever you're watching with, or if you're by yourself too, you can just text a friend, just different things. But here's a question. Um, 
this past week was like start of school. I know yep. for all of the school supply stores, they call it Super Tuesday because that's the day that all the kids go to school and they get their huge list and it's like the busiest day of the year. It's a big season shift for mm -hmm. surprisingly a lot more industries than just school as well. It affects a lot of ebbs and flows for all sorts of different things. And uh, you know, here's a question then for you. How does the back to school week kind of affect your life? Do you have kids and you had to get them all ready to go? Does it adjust your schedule uh, for you? I mean, you work at a school, so <laughs> I do. that just makes yeah. it the same to you. I mean, church-wide, like me working here, we completely change all of our programming mm -hmm. and we start following the school year. Uh, yeah, so let us know how yeah. does the start of school kind of fall changeover? How does it affect you? What did this last week look like for you? Other than that, we're in for a great morning. Thanks for joining us, Cedar Valley.
Hey, Cedar Valley kids, back to school week. I hope it was awesome and exciting. Wow, you had new classes, new courses, a new teacher. You're going to meet and make some new friends, maybe even went to a new school this year. And when you go to school, of course, you bring in your backpack. Now, whether it looks like this one here or looks a little bit more like this one here, what you put in it is important. So, let's see what I put in my backpack to get myself ready to go to school. Well, first of all, of course, you're gonna need a lunch filled with good food, great snacks to get you through the day. A water bottle's pretty important as well. But then also, you know, I tuck something in here, ah, just down in the corner of my backpack there. Ah, just something kind of like to hold on to and play with maybe. It's an awesome Hot Wheels Camaro race car. And one of my favorites. So I just kind of tuck it in down here beside me there. And oh, you know what? So I don't miss home too much. What I did, I <clears throat> have picture of my dog. Yeah, that's right, Jet. And I could maybe put it on my desk or in my desk. And I remember, so I remember about home a little bit. And I have, oh, I've got something here. I've got an apple for the teacher. Do you still do that? I don't know if you do, but you know, it's nice to say thanks to our teachers and get them something nice because they work so hard for us every day to help us learn. So, apple for the teacher, and what else do I have in here? Oh, I didn't even see this before, but something tucked way down in the bottom there. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a note from my mom. Do you see this? I don't know if you can read it. It says, Dear Douglas, make good choices. Love you, Mom. And she drew a little heart on there. Oh, that's nice. I'll just stick that back in there. And there's one other thing that I have in here. It's a little Bible. And you know what? It helps me remember all of the great things that, that Jesus said to me from his word. And that makes me feel really good. And I can put that in my mind too. You know what? That when we pack our backpacks, it's getting us ready for school. And our minds are kind of like the backpack of our body. And what we put in there is really important, but it helps us. Now, if you're at school, and maybe it can happen that you might get bugged a little bit. Maybe some kids think, well, you look a little different, or you talk kind of funny, or you're not fast enough, or they say you're not smart enough. Well, and that can really bother us, but you know what? The Bible tells me, in my mind, I can remember that you and I were God's masterpiece. He created us just the way he wanted us. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, you are God's masterpiece created in Jesus to do amazing things. Wow, that's a good thing to have in my mind if people kind of bug me about the way I am. But what if, what if I'm, I'm kind of scared, maybe, maybe of this group of people, or maybe even to walk down that hallway or be out on the playground because things I've never done before. Do you know that? I can remember again in my mind, 
in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, do not fear, for I am with you. That's God talking. So he's right with me. And so in my mind, I can remember, God is right here with me. Well, well, what if maybe I wonder, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I, I'm strong enough. My mind is smart enough. Do I have the strength to do that? And then I can remember in my mind, because I put this verse in my mind from Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, it says, the Lord is my strength. I don't have to try to do it all on myself. God gives me strength. And know what it says also? God is my strength and my song. You know, he can give me a song while I'm doing things in my mind. And that can make me feel better. Oh, what if I really start to worry about if I'm going to be able to do that just right or, or how it's going to turn out or if I'm worried about what might happen tomorrow? You know, worry can happen to us, that's for sure. But then I remember in my mind, Philippians 4, verse 6, Jesus says, don't worry, but instead pray. Pray to God and thank him for all of the good things that he gives us every day. So in my mind, I think, oh, I'm starting to worry. So how about maybe if I'll just pray instead of worry, and then God can work in my life. And, and what, what if I just don't think, oh, if I can do it, maybe if I'm not quite, if I feel I'm not smart enough. But God gives us confidence. And in my mind, I can remember in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says that we can do all things. We can do everything in Jesus. Jesus was the one who created our mind and so that we can think and, and we can do math problems and, and write words and make sentences and, and think about science and things. Because he created us. He helps us to do anything that we need to do. Because that's the way he made us. And he's with us. So, when you pack your backpack to head off to school, also, don't forget to pack the really good things that Jesus says that he is to us and how God is with us and he's made us. And keep those things in our mind. And then that will help us every day at school and wherever else we are. Well, thanks for listening so well. Uh, one day I would like to see what you put in your backpack as you head off to school. We'll see you next week. All right, hey, Cedar Valley. Uh, we are beginning this Sunday, September 12th, a three-part teaching series on uh, mental health and the Bible. Uh, I will attempt to talk about that from my perspective in terms of surviving and thriving in that context. So over the next three Sundays, on September 19th, Pastor Doug, on September 26th, Pastor Grant, 
we're all going, me today, we're all going to share uh, from our experiences and from our thoughts and teaching what we're learning about mental health with you. And, and in hope that if you are, are struggling, have been struggling, continue to struggle with your own mental health, that might be helpful for you and in, an encouragement to you. So let's, let's begin. It may come as no surprise then to you that the collective mental health of British Columbians has taken quite a beating during this pandemic. And I'll say this, mine certainly has. Pacific Blue Cross confirms this sense that it's been a struggle for lots of British Columbians in a recent study they did on subject. It shows a significant number of BC residents are experiencing more worry, 62%, more stress, 60%, more anxiety, 59%, and even more boredom at 59% compared to pre-pandemic levels. The same study found that 34% of respondents are exercising less, 39% are less connected, 33% have experienced a decline in sleep quality, and alcohol and cannabis use is up like 30%. One of my friends recently and sort of relevantly quipped, you know what the 19 and COVID-19 stands for, right? So I took the bait and I said, well, I, that the virus began its spread in 2019? Uh, no, she responded, that we're all entitled to put on 19 pounds during this pandemic. Even pre-pandemic, 20 to 25% of the population, depending on your sources, struggled with their mental health at any given time. So it's important to talk about mental health, especially during the month of September, which is National Mental Health Awareness Month, because the struggle, as they say, is real. The pandemic has only increased these kinds of numbers or exacerbated pre-existing conditions. Think about it this way. In a room of 100 people, as many as 25 people are having a hard time or have some kind of uh, illness they're working with. That's, that's one in four people, one in five people. We might say that there's been struggle with our mental health for good reason, for understandable reasons. We are in the midst of an unprecedented, I know that is an overused term, but it's still actually true. We are in the middle of an unprecedented global health, social and economic crisis. Many of us have experienced the virus personally or have been quarantined because of it. And some of us have even lost a loved one to COVID-19. We were hoping to be in phase four of the province's four phases of recovery this week, but more than 2,000 COVID-related cases last long weekend and other factors has our recovery stalled out in phase three. Following the PHO has been like following a bouncing ball. And I'm not saying that to be critical. That's just the way it is. 
new information, creating new solutions and new counsel, new guidelines. Then, then I was invited here to Cedar Valley Church to be your transitional pastor, to work with a group of people who I had never met before in a city where I don't live, to do something I was trained to do but I had never done before, work that is hard for a church at the best of times, actually, to look at yourselves and wonder who you are, where God, where you, where you think God seems to be calling you next, how you would get there, and to identify who might help you get there and call them to join you. But a pandemic isn't the best of times, is it? And did I mention that my first day of work was March 15th, 2020, the day the church decided to shut down in-person services? Beware the Ides of March indeed. Let's just say it's been a little stressful. So I have at different times felt anxious or fearful or isolated or even a little bit hopeless. Even though I have been grateful to work with pastors Doug and Grant and that it's been fantastic to work with the leadership and transition teams of the church and that you, the church, have been kind and gracious and supportive during this difficult and disconnected and discombobulating season. I am only human after all. And I'm not alone. The Bible tells its stories. Abraham was anxious and afraid of how the Egyptians would have treated him if they knew that Sarah was his wife. So on two separate occasions, he lied in response to the stress and the fear of the moment. You can find that story, those stories in Genesis chapter 12 and 20. Following the loss of his children, his, his home, and his livelihood, Job experienced, understandably, deep sorrow, deep suffering. You can find that story in the book named after him in Job chapter 2. And then Elijah, on the heels of a major victory over the prophets of Baal and Queen Jezebel, became worn down and distraught and even asked God to take his life. And that story can be found in 1 Kings. I think this last story, the story of Elijah, is, is particularly instructive. So let's see how God restored him. As I cover chapters 18 and 19 as a paraphrase in 1 Kings 18 and 19. And maybe we'll get some clues, uh, sort of. For sure, we'll get some clues. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, that's a teaser and on how we might be able to keep our own mental health. So here we go. This is 1 Kings chapter 18, chapter 19, paraphrase, overview, summary. Choose your word. Elijah was a prophet at the time of King Ahab. Ahab was one of, like, one of the worst kings of all Israel. King Ahab married a woman named Jezebel, the daughter of uh, a heathen king, actually. She worshipped the false god Baal, and soon enough, of course, Ahab 
began to worship that false god as well. He even built, did Ahab, a temple to Baal and, and set up other altars for idol worship. This, as, as Israel's agent, as the king, this broke Israel's agreement with God to worship God and God alone because he was the one true God. So God sent Elijah to tell Ahab that there'd be a, like a serious drought for the next three years as sort of a wake-up call to remind King Ahab that God is the one true God, not Baal. So you can imagine this made King Ahab incredibly angry and was pro prepped probably to take it out on Elijah. So God told Elijah to hear, or rather to, to, to hide near Cherith Brook, where he could drink water from the brook and where God would send ravens with food for him to eat, which is, which is pretty cool, actually. When the brook ran dry, God sent Elijah to the home of a widow and her son, who are on the verge of starving to death, actually. Even still, uh, that widow gave Elijah the first bites of her last loaf of bread as an act of faith. From then on, she always had enough food for herself, her little boy, and the prophet himself, because God provided all they needed. But then her little boy died. Whew. Elijah cried out to God three times, please give back this child's life. And the boy came back to life. Three years of drought later, God sent Elijah back to King Ahab to remind him that he had turned his back on God, King Ahab had. Then Elijah hosted what I would like to call a little bit of a deity showdown on top of Mount Carmel. 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. Elijah challenged them to call on their gods to send fire to consume the sacrifice they would place on their altar. So let's just say that was not successful. Then it was Elijah's turn. He called the people to gather around him. He chose 12 large stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel to repair the altar of the Lord that had been broken down. He killed a bull, cut it into pieces, and put the pieces on the altar. He poured water over those pieces three times, covering all of the pieces and filling the ditch around the altar with the overflow, which is saying something because fire, water, not a great mix. But here we go. He called on God in prayer. Oh, Lord, you have been the faithful God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now prove to these people that you are indeed the one true God, so they will worship you again. Instantly, fire swooped down from heaven and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, even the water. The people understandably then, fell down in worship. And then they captured and killed the false prophets, which made Jezebel like livid. And so she vowed to get her revenge. She vowed to 
kill Elijah within the next 24 hours. So Elijah fled the city and traveled for a day into the desert, hoping Jezebel wouldn't find him. By nighttime, after all that travel, Elijah was exhausted and discouraged. And it's here that he prayed that God would take his life. Then he stretched out and he fell asleep. An angel of the Lord woke him, get up and eat, the angel said, and there was some fresh bread and a jar of water on a rock nearby. And he ate and he drank, then he went back to sleep. Forty days of traveling, coming up. So the angel came a second time and told him to eat, to give him strength for that long journey. And Elijah ate again, started that 40-day trip to Mount Horeb, where he camped out in a cave for a little while. God spoke to Elijah on Mount Horeb. He asked Elijah, what are you, what are you doing here? Elijah replied, ah, I've been trying to serve you well. Your people have broken their promises to you and they've been worshiping idols, actually. I, I'm the only true believer and now they want to kill me too. God answered, Step outside the cave, Elijah, and stand before me as I pass by. So Elijah stood on the mountain, and then a strong wind blew, but that wasn't the Lord. Then an earthquake shook the rocks, but God wasn't in the earthquake either. A fire came, but still God didn't pass by. But finally, Elijah heard a small, quiet voice, and he knew, he knew God had come. And the voice said, Elijah, why are you here? Again, Elijah told God that he was the only faithful believer left in all of Israel. So God corrected Elijah. You're not alone. I still have 7,000 loyal followers who have never worshipped Baal. Now come. I want you to anoint a new king of Syria and a new king of Israel. Then I want you to find a man named Elisha. He is going to be your assistant and he will take your place. So what do we notice on this subject of mental health about this overview of Elijah's story? There's the quick five point breakout for you to sort of dwell on as I talk about them really briefly. And I mean really briefly, because that story in itself has all kinds of entry points for our imagination, our hearts to be filled, to wonder, to question, to thank God, and to remind ourselves that that's something we can do is tell ourselves stories, be reminded of the nature and heart of God from the stories he's already told us. What do we notice about Elijah's story? That when Elijah was exhausted and discouraged, and feeling abandoned and isolated, God met his physical needs by providing bread and water and sleep. God met his spiritual need by speaking to him. God met his cognitive need by correcting him in his thinking that he was all alone. God met his vocational need by affirming him in his calling. And God met his psychosocial need by giving him a friend. I love what Dr. Seth Scott says about this. And I'm going to read this quote really slowly so that we don't lose any of it. If we acknowledge that mental illness and lack of mental health, and they're not exactly the same, but they're related, 
If we acknowledge that mental illness is not a singular deficit unique to people who lack faith, which is, I think, how sometimes we've handled this in the past as church people, you lack faith, that's why you're suffering. Sounds a little bit like Job's friends. But it is instead the recognition is our lack of mental health, the recognition of how sin has impacted our relationships with God, with others, with creation, and with ourselves, then everyone exists on the continuum of illness to health. Therefore, the goal of mental health isn't solely the absence of illness, but the pursuit of health from an integrated and holistic lens, that lens being body, soul, mind, vocation, and our relationships with each other. This is how I am trying to keep my mental health, by being thankful for food and drink and sleep, because I know they are gifts from God by staying in God's word and connecting with him in prayer so that I would hear from him like Elijah did and I would talk to him like Elijah did. By listening to and reading and watching things that will help me think helpful thoughts. By working as hard as I can along the lines of my calling as a pastor. And by connecting with friends who will sit with me and listen well and help me through. This helps me stay on top of my mental health. But I acknowledge that our state of mental health can at times get on top of us. It has for me from time to time. I reached out to my doctor, my general practitioner, and when it did, when it has, he helped me through. We adjusted some of my sleep, hab sleep habits, and, and that actually helped quite a bit. And he recommended that I reach out to a psychologist for additional help, so I did. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for help. You can start with your doctor. That's where I would suggest you start, actually, and go from there. Or you can find all kinds of good helps online. You are not alone. As it says on my wife's coffee thermos, where great truths are often located, and speaking of the time that we're in, we are all in this together. Let me pray for us. Father, Thank you for the humanity on display and the stories that you tell in the Bible, the stories of stories of men and women who, like me, struggle with their mental health or something like that, maybe even a mental illness. Thank you that in the story we looked at, in Elijah, we see how you helped him and how we might help ourselves and how we might even help others. 
This has been a long road the last 18 months. And as I began saying at the start of this teaching, our mental health as a community in this province has taken quite a beating. May we be men and women who will turn to you and find you faithful as Elijah did. And when we're struggling beyond that, when our, when our proactivity in that sense isn't, isn't helping like we would hoped it would, I pray that we would reach out for others to help us. Because that sometimes is how, and it is often how, you help us. Father, in this season that we're in uh, and, and coming into tomorrow, actually, uh, vaccine passports, I pray that you would give us wisdom for that and patience with each other and understanding and above all grace so that for a world that is watching, we wouldn't just be a mirror of it, but that we would be an alternative a people who can disagree with each other even, but love each other all the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, in a moment, Pastor Grant is going to join me, and we're going to look at a pair of questions that we uh, put together for discussion around this teaching. There's the first one, a little bit of a heads up there, and here's the second one. I know you can't read it that fast, but I'll leave it there a little longer. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this morning. Yeah. Uh, if you're online, where half of us, it seems, are on campus, half of us are online. We're still joining together, and right now we're still doing services that are a bit pre-recorded, but it's the same content. You're joining it together, yeah. same streams. If you are on campus, too, and you're actually just checking this out on the feed because we're doing like some of the online chat stuff that's happening that's right. the service. Uh, good stuff. Like we want to be one congregation. We're joining together. We're conversing together. Reach out cross platforms. And yeah, so we're getting into it. We're going to apply this. We're going to dialogue about this. Yeah, this is a tough topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about that off camera, just uh, how tricky it can be to, to dig into something like this and, and be vulnerable and leave it sort of unpacked. So we're going to try to unpack it here a little bit. Sure. Right. Yeah. So that first question there is, uh, where would you put yourself? Grant, yeah. uh, right now, on Dr. Scott's, I mentioned this in the teaching, on uh, his continuum, which, again, we're all on, I think, illness to health. So yeah. if you're like oh, struggling, you might be over to this side. If, if you're like feeling healthy and strong over to this side and you, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then having said that, where, who would you reach out to if you needed help? Right. You know my story, you know who, who I reached out to. Yes. There are other yeah. people too for me, but go yeah. ahead. Well, you know, I'll, I'll share my gut response to this question and hopefully a lot of you can actually relate because right away my gut response is like, I'm healthy, yeah. feel fine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what I do appreciate actually is it people like you, Rob, and this message as well, I hope as well, even last week too, guest speaker Calvin, his message. Yep. Uh, help us actually take stock of it. My wife has done it often, my family, where they actually will help bring me past my gut response of like, I'm healthy. and. Like, okay, yeah. So here, here's exactly how the story has gone, especially in relation to this past year and a bit too. Like, okay, this has been really frustrating. Like you've said, this is tougher. Like you've had to change your work habits more than ever. And you actually miss a lot of the commodities of the relationships you've made with you. So it has actually affected you. Oh yeah, okay, my, 
my mental health has taken a toll. You're tired a lot more lately too, aren't you? I am, and I'm, even today has been a busy work day. Yes. And it's been way more tiring, and actually it's just been wires and plugging in data and computers, and I really miss the human connections because we're still doing a lot of stuff that's pulling me away from people. So actually, my mental health has taken a bit of a hit, for sure. And more I'm than you might uh, admit without thinking about it very much. Yeah, absolutely. So it raises a question in my mind, which is, yeah. how would we know if our mental health is sort of sliding? Like there, mm -hmm. do, do you have measures in your own life? Uh, or yeah. is it sort of like people you, that tr you trust and love you, like yeah. you, you hear that? What's that look like for you? Yeah, so actually for me, it's, it's taking a look at like, it's been over a year now, but like take a look back at a year or two back of like where we at what was good what was bad and and not to what what can be bad about that is not yeah. to make nostalgia and glory of the old days like everything mm -hmm. was always better back then but right. just take a look at like right. what was better what was worse and why like why did you feel better back then you know what's changed what's changed now and uh maybe you've grown actually like what was worse and what's changed what's gone good you've had better relationships in your life so actually i take a measure of a different era so for me still it's pre-covid pre-filming pre-broadcasting stuff like that era right. how was how were my relationships how right. was my energy levels throughout the day how right. were my disciplines and like temptations how quickly did i fall into those or different addictions right yep. and how am i doing with that now yeah yeah and so you need a measure to compare about as using that continuum would you say slid one way or the other. Yeah, I, not all the time, but sometimes. Like, yeah, what you know, what we've we've talked about in our some of our meetings. I am way more high and low than I've ever been in my life before. That's mm, what I've interesting. noticed, That's and that is a sign of, of illness because mm -hmm. I've I'm often been pretty, yeah. pretty straight and sure. edge and like a yeah. easy going and some ebbs and flows. But it's like I'll have a great day, and the next day I'm plummeted back down and up and down. So Which is hard to live with. It's hard on your body. Yeah, it's one of the gifts of being on staff here with Pastor Grant. And Pastor Doug is every week we have this check-in that includes mental health and we will ask each other and we've been pretty honest with each other, I think, and yeah. we get a chance to pray with each other. We don't dispense a whole lot of counsel because none of us are professionals, but mm -hmm. we might reflect on our own experiences and encourage each other that way. Totally. And that would be, you'd be among the people I've reached out to. Sure. You've prayed for me yeah. when you've had a sense, oh, Rob's kind of down. It's, yeah, so I've appreciated that. So maybe the next question here. Yeah. This one may be a little trickier, maybe, yeah. for us to get our head around. This well, it's is real. This is, it, it make, this is yeah, this is shoe leather's time. Yeah. So, how are how are you? How are we managing yeah. uh, mental health with our mental health with regards to the introduction of the provincial vaccine passport, which will be tomorrow? Yeah. actually. Trigger warning. <laughs> no, this is it. It's yeah. good, and it's good that we're actually saying it because I think it's way easy. This is on every headline, and yeah, everyone's talking about it, and it's going to happen yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and and it's huge. Uh, yeah, and uh, bluntly, it bothered me when it came out. I was yeah. frustrated, and then I also thought too, like, come on, and now I have to deal with this at church. It's gonna make my job more frustrating again in all my conversations. I've had to quickly, yeah. and I'll give you this advice, I've had to really quickly tell myself and make this almost a motto that I'm repeating in my head, and I'm repeating it to my friends and family, people I love too. Um, these people that I might become in conflict with, these items or whatever that I might become in conflict with are because of this thing that didn't even exist a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like, if there's people I'm now frustrated with or angry with or like there's teeth bearing back and forth, it's over this thing that's just now happened. Yes. And the previous 30 years of my life, I've loved them. Yes. So I love that I perspective. And so I can't give this yeah. that much power. This issue shouldn't yeah. change that yeah. so dramatically. No, as much as it might, might be a passionate thing and there's important stuff behind this yeah. and whatever position you are behind it, don't give it more power than the previous history you have with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that all of that history outweighs this moment. Yeah. 
right? It's yeah. not all of what they are, that yeah. thinking of that subject matter. Yeah, this is going to be really tricky, uh, how we discern this as a community of faith, how businesses in our community will handle this, how we will handle not being able to go to a restaurant because we, we aren't vaccinated, if that's our choice. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be yeah. really tricky. Yeah. Uh, and so I would probably just say what I've already said in our newsletter last week, in my post today, and that is simply, let's try very hard to live at peace insofar as it's possible yeah. on our own account with each other, which is to say, I think, yeah. listen, try to understand the other points of view that aren't yours. Don't vilify, don't think they're just a bunch of weirdos, whether they're vaccinated or not. Mm. Give space to learn and understand that people are feeling anxious about this. If I have to get, no one's gonna plunge that in against your will, but boy, if I'm limited in my movements, Mm-hmm. And I, so there's this physical threat, but there's oh, oh now I got now I'm going to be sort of I, that's a mental health yeah. sort of stressor actually. Yeah, it's difficult. So let's be kind to each other, listen well, and try to act in ways that are helpful and uniting instead of divisive, because mm-hmm. it's already divisive and it has the potential to become much more divisive. This subject. Yeah. Oh, that fair to say? Totally is. And I'm even thinking it's the old WWJD bracelet. What would Jesus do? Yeah. And in this, everyone is going to be tempted to fall into a polarized camp. Yeah, for sure. And Jesus had an incredible way of almost every conflict he encountered throughout the Gospels of actually a response that blew people away, a response in love that surprised everyone. It was never the polar opposites of either side. It wasn't, I'm on this side, I'm resisting, I'm supporting. It was a response of love that drew people closer to God, revealed a truth about that, and challenged yeah. both sides. Yeah, give and, to Caesar, what is Caesar to God, what is God's? Yeah, and I don't have the answers right now for this, Yeah, but yeah. that's the challenge I'm gonna yeah. give you, is to resist the temptation to fall into a polarizing camp. Think about a Jesus-centric response that actually yeah. will surprise people and challenge both sides of polarizing. Yep, yeah, things. Jesus-centric, I think, is the things we've yeah. already talked about. Listen well, care for them. Yeah, because this, yeah. is, this is super complex. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. That's awesome. That is a lot to go. Keep this discussion going. We're going to put it up on the screen for you for a little while after. And just as a reminder, invite, uh, if you are online, but you want to hop into our barbecue this morning. uh, Yeah, we're doing a barbecue from 12. I think it's 11.30 to 1 o'clock. 11.30 to 1 o'clock. Barbecue, got some flavor, some fun stuff for the kids. Hang out, kind of launching off the fall season. And hope it doesn't rain. Hope it doesn't rain. (laughs) All right, thanks, Cedar Valley. Have a great week.